Uh, I've entitled this message, The True Light, The True Light. And I would say that we are talking about this um, in the context that there is false cities in the world, a lot of false things, false lights, false this and that. And John chapter 15, you remember, Jesus says, I am the true vine. So Jesus is making a distinction between the real and that which is not the true and the false. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser, so he's giving us some information that we don't want to be casual about. And I would like to maybe emphasize that a little bit in that it is my view as I see so much going on in the world that Christians are oftentimes casual about things they should be more serious about. And some of our, our people, and they're not just old, old uh, young people there, some of our older people are as ca too casual about things. <clears throat> uh, the day in which we live is an evil day. Uh, how many of you would agree with that? Yes, sir. It is an evil day. Uh, how, what about a perilous day? Perilous. There's peril everywhere. And a very harsh time. I, I never thought I would see this level of incivility that I see not only in our nation, but around the world. And, of course, in our nation, we are what they call the beacon of hope, the bastion of democracy. But it looks like all of those things are in trouble. That is, if we look from a man's perspective or man's perspective. And so, uh, however, as we live in this day, I don't want us uh, to be lulled to sleep. Now, you might say, well, how can I be a, a lulled to sleep with so much noise? It's happening. But we must be vigilant in everything. So I want you to be very watchful and vigilant in everything. Uh, when I was a kid, we would go out from the home, from our home. And my parents, our parents would always tell us to be watchful. Be watchful to. And th that was a day when, if we could go back to that day, it's like we could do whatever we want to with impunity. You know, nothing seemed to happen. But they said, be watchful. And I would like to say to all of us, we want to be watchful. Being watchful does not mean I lack faith. Because faith and presumption are polar opposites. They're not the same. So some believers think that they must be cavalier, uh, carefree to show that they have faith that is not accurate. So I want us to, uh, to be watchful. And uh, they would always say, be watchful unto prayer. And I think what that meant was be watchful and pray all the time. So I am asking you to do that. In, in our search for normal, and I know many are still searching for normal, I hear that uh, often, we may be asking that things would be such as that the coming of the Lord is not discernible to us. When we ask for that, we may be. I do know that many believers are saying, oh, I want to hug my brother, I want to hug my sister, I want to do that. But oftentimes what we call those normal times are, are such that we might not be able to discern when the Lord is near the coming of the Lord. The word of the Lord to us reminds me of what the scripture says in Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17, uh, beginning in verse 26, uh, Jesus gives us some uh, powerful information he says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also. 
in the days of the Son of Man. So whenever Jesus comes, it's going to be like that. So sometimes we may they think that, well, okay, that, that's a bad, that was a bad day, but let's see what the Scripture says about it. They ate. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage. Now, now let's go back. So that's like saying in our vernacular today, um, they were going to restaurants. <laughs> they were concocting new drinks. And they were getting engaged and marrying. That's what it says. They were doing what we call what? Normal things. Normal things. Until. They did all these things until the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. And he, then Jesus says, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. So what are we looking at? They did normal things. They ate. They drank. They bought. They sold. Oh, they planted. They built. So it's like saying to us today, they regained normal. Things were now wonderful. They sold. They planted. They surfed the Internet. They were talking on Facebook. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So the Lord is saying is our quest for normal may not be what we think. In John chapter 1, verse 9, uh, we talk about the true light. And what we want to do is focus on Jesus Christ. We, we do that here. But I don't want it to become just something that we do without meaning. We want to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is our guiding star, as it were. Amen. He is the one who is going to show us to north always so that we'll have our bearing. So look at John chapter 1, verse 9. And then we'll read some others later. I wanted to read this as a preface to John 1, verses 3 through 11. It says, he was not that light. Speaking of John the Baptist, he was not that light because Israel was looking for a light. The people um, who had sat in darkness saw a great light, the Scripture says. The prophet prophesied that the people who were in darkness would see a great light. And so... John, not John the Baptist, but John the Apostle says, John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, that is the King James Version of that, which it could be actually uh, a correct rendering because he says he gives light to everyone coming in the world or he makes sure that everyone who comes in the world has an understanding of right and wrong. It could, make, could, could be that. But I, I think I prefer the English Standard Version that says the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So the true light which uh, gives light to everyone 
was coming into the world. And so Jesus Christ is the true light. As I said earlier, if, if the Holy Spirit says true light, that means there are other people perpetrating light. That's what that means. They are pretending that they are light. I, I find it very interesting because so many believers just believe every, any and everything. That doesn't mean you're a believer, you just believe whatever. We, we are talking about being a believer in Jesus, in the true light of God. Now notice here, John was sent as a witness or to give testimony. So John gave testimony of what he had encountered with God the Father. Now notice John, John lived apart from society. He, he, he went to the desert and lived. So he wasn't polluted by opinions. He wasn't polluted by Facebook and Internet. He wasn't polluted by that like you and I are. He didn't have all these lies being told every day and people now all confused. He was out there with God. I want you to hear what I'm saying. So he was out there with God in the desert. So if he had anything to say, if he had only been talking to God, then Israel should have listened to him. Now, if you're talking to a lot of other folks, we, we, you're a suspect. But when you're only talking to God, that's what we want to do. So we want to be people who talk to God. Now, when we talk about um, um, this, um, Jesus is the true light. He is the true light, verse, uh, verse, verse 9. He is the true light. So what we, we, what we mean by that is he is the genuine light. He is the ideal light. He is to be distinguished from everything else that's called light or understanding or knowing. So, and, and this is how we describe Jesus. You know, that's, it's an adjective. Um, uh, and so we want to look at the noun form of that. The noun form is that, of that says that Jesus is the truth. So now, we describe him as light, he's genuine, he is ideal, but now who is he? Because a noun is, it, it, it describes a, a state of being, you know, it's a state of being. Who you are in character, who you are in essence, he is the truth. He is the full expression of the truth. Yeah, so Jesus then is the full expression of truth. He is the full expression of integrity. So then Jesus Christ now, this light, brings all that God is to mankind. Now, we go back to John chapter 1, verse 3, and John tells us that all things were made through this true light, and without him nothing was made that was made. In Jesus, the Word was life, and the life was what? The light of men. So Jesus Christ gave us his life. That's how, why he died. He died to give us his life. He gave us his life, and that life is now our light. So it's not like you need something else to illuminate you. You need to, I, I'm not speaking against reading and studying. I think you ought to read and study. But God has given you someone who is your understanding of everything. And that's who Jesus is. So without Jesus, you can never have a true sense of purpose. You can never understand your mission in life. So that's why we 
teach and preach Jesus to the exclusion of other things that do not matter. So John tells us that all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Nothing was made that was, so he shows how indispensable Jesus is. That means you can't do without Jesus in Nothing you can't do without Jesus. You just can't do without Jesus. In everything you need Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then he says, this life that he talks about is zoe. Zoe, not bio. Zoe. Zoe life, which is the life that God is. Or it is the life that God has in himself. I like to say the life that God is. Not so much that God is this big entity and then he has something called life in him. No, he is all of that. So it's the life that God is. Um, and and uh, also God has given this life to his son. So then when Jesus was born, he then is all of God because he was fathered, engendered, brought about by God, by life. So Jesus now is the life of God, or if you were to say he has the life of God, if that helps you, but no, he is the life of God. He is very God of very God. And so he, he, uh, the Father gave the, his son, as it were, this life to have in himself. John tells us in John chapter 5, verse 26, John says, this is the life or the light that Jesus manifested in the world. That's what John tells us, that Jesus manifested this in the world. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Now we're back in John uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, I mean, verse uh, uh, 5. And, and verse 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was, what, John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. So John came to bear witness, what, of himself, no, of the light, that all through him might believe. So John is a truthful witness. So John is a truthful witness. He says, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Or that is the true light which gives light to everyone. He was coming into the world. And verse 10 says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. So he, was, he came into the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. I think what, what Scripture is saying to us is that men do not always lay hold of, apprehend, nor embrace truth. Amen. And this is what we have to be aware of as we live out our life today. John chapter 8, verse 12, and when we look at what is going on in the world, we have to understand the words of Jesus, the character of Jesus, and all that he is as we traverse through this perilous time. Because there are all kinds of traps and landmines for the believer. They're not for the unbeliever. They're all set for the believer. The great deception is not for the unbeliever. It's all for the believer. So all that, the, that Satan is working out is not for the world. He already has those. It's for you. Amen. And so you have to understand that. Amen. And John 8, 12, he says, then Jesus spoke again, saying to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. So, so Jesus made this very emphatic statement. These are things you know, but you must be reminded of them. He said, I am the light of the world. 
He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So what Jesus is saying to us, when we believe in him, he gives us an understanding that others don't have. That's why we have to be careful when we witness to people and we want to demand that they act in a way that they are incapable of acting. I think that's kind of unfair. We have to give them this light. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 14, Jesus says to the church or to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. So what he's talking about is you are the preserver of the earth. You are what keeps things going in the right direction. And I think then, then if we are that salt of the earth, then if we're not salt, then we're part of the problem. So you are the light of the world, he says. Then he says, you are the light of the world. So how then is Jesus the light of the world and we're the light of the world? Because now we have the, the, the light of Jesus or the life of Jesus, which is our light. So the life of Jesus is the light. So he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So what Jesus is saying to us is that God makes us conspicuous. That's what God does. He makes us conspicuous. Everyone who is of him is conspicuous. That's what he says. And what he, what he does, he gives you um, venues and avenues of expression that maybe others don't have. Maybe at work, he, he might allow you to be picked on because he wants to make you conspicuous. How will you respond? Look at John chapter, chapter 3, let's see verses. 17 through 21, for John 3, 17 through 21. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Now, th th that's great news. But that the world through him might be saved. So God's son came with a mission to save, not to condemn. Now listen why. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. So God didn't come to condemn people already condemned. He came so that he would be saved. Because he, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he's condemned already because he has not believed in the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation. And this is what we look at when we see people in the world today. We see all kinds of people doing all kinds of things. And it is very, very strange to me that many believers are following people that they should be leading. And uh, there's no excuse for that, all right? There's no excuse. Well, why am I saying this? Because in the last days, when the Son of Man comes, they'll be eating, they'll be drinking, they'll be marrying, they'll be doing other things. Some will be planting, some will be harvesting, they'll be surfing the internet. So why? Why am I saying these things? So that you don't get caught off guard. Hallelujah. Now listen. Amen. So... When we find our normal again, will we be as vigilant as we are right now? Because when we, when we notice, observe the things that are going on in the world, we know that time is short. When I was a young boy, uh, a teenager, and we'd gone to a revival, had a, just a, an amazing, what we call a summer revival, and all of us had, we thought we got saved again because we hadn't quite lived out all that salvation we had got, and uh, we got saved again, and when some of us were just powerfully just uh, ministered to about the Holy Spirit and uh, just the Holy Spirit was just so amazing and so wonderful, we thought Jesus could be coming tomorrow because we were really in tune with the Holy Spirit. And when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you just have that sense of, of readiness or right now. 
And uh, so we, we thought he could come. Well, about 60 years later, he hasn't come. But it does not mean that he is not near. And what we want to do is, is be sober and vigilant and not act as though our Lord has delayed his coming. He, uh, the scripture says, uh, the scripture in John 3 says, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why do they love darkness rather than light? If you can watch television, if you can see what's going on in the world, and you do not have a clue that men really love darkness, then it, it's, you're suspect. You're really suspect. You know, because they love darkness, it's everywhere. Evil is everywhere. It says they did because their deeds were evil. Now listen uh, how the Scripture says and how it explains it. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. So that means that you can know that people who are practicing evil don't want your witness, but they hate the light. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? Lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now, now we, we'll, we'll move to 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, where John helps us again with our comportment, our daily comportment. Now, I must say that it is my strong view that many of our brothers and sisters are compromised. Many are those who worship in churches are compromised. But we are compromised by our wanting to help those who are compromised. We sometimes don't want to tell the truth like it must be told because we don't want to offend those who are already hiding out because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. So we have to be careful. There are many traps for the believers, for the people of God, but we don't want to fall into those traps. In 1 John 2.8, it says, again, a new commandment, I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. You like that? So those things that are true in the Lord are true in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Wow. So God wants us to understand that what causes the world to be fearful perhaps should cause us to rejoice and look up. Not be gleeful that negative and bad things are happening, but to recognize that it's happening just like he said. Amen. This is what God wants us to do. So the true light is so different than those false. Those who promise what they cannot deliver, that's false. Only Jesus can solve our problems. Only Jesus can solve our problems. I was telling you uh, not that long ago that, and I'm going to take a, a couple more minutes, but I was uh, talking about my teaching, uh, Mighty Vet, political science or government. And we were pointing out that in the 1700s, we had problems, real serious problems in forming the nation and de deciding uh, whether we were going to have this particular constitution or or some kind of loosely knit confederation, and all of the issues, 
all of the issues that the forefathers dealt with practically, practically all of them, we're still dealing with them today. The same ones, what does that tell you as a believer? That only Jesus can solve our problems. So we want the light to come because when the light comes, you can't hide. No one can hide when the light comes. And so Ephesians 5 verse 13 says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. So the light exposes. So why should we be angry? As uh, Sister Dalita read today, why should we be angry when the truth comes? Why should we think that the truth is the problem? Why do we think, oh, the truth has caused all of this mess? Oh, we, you don't say that, you might offend. No, we must speak and let the truth come because the truth is light. Jesus says he is the true light. So whenever we're speaking of Jesus, we will always speak truth and never falsehoods. Verse 13, Ephesians 5, but all things are exposed and made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, so the Lord says, Awake, you who sleep. Wow, who is that talking about? Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Why? Redeeming the time. So a fool will not redeem the time. But a wise person will redeem the time, because the days are evil. You redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He is not talking to, to people who have no light, because those people who have no light have no understanding. Light requires an organ adapted for its uh, reception. So I have eyeballs in here, and I can see. You have eyes, and you can see. So the, the, Jesus tells us that the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good or healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So where the eye is absent or where it has become impaired, light is useless. Light doesn't help. So man naturally, natural man, is incapable of receiving spiritual light because he lacks the capacity. He has no capacity for spiritual things. So, but you do. So God is speaking to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, he tells us, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. So God is speaking to us. We are sons of light. Believers are called sons of light. So why are we groping as though we are in the dark? Why do we grope as though we cannot see? The, the light has come. Things can't hide. They can't hide. In Luke chapter 16, he tells us, um, the scripture says, the master commended this unjust servant. Remember this unjust servant who had squandered his master's goods and the master got a report that this guy, had, this steward had squandered his goods. And so he said, you can no longer be um, a, a steward over my goods. And this guy went out and made deals with everybody. He made deals with everybody so that when his master fired him, he would have some place to go. He said, man, remember, I, I, I got you out of that bind, remember? 
And that's what he was doing. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. He wasn't saying, be shrewd, be clefty, you know, a thief. He wasn't saying that. He said, boy, he acted shrewdly. He was just recognizing that. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. He calls us sons of light. So we're not too smart sometimes. Is that all right? Not merely, uh, um, so he says, let me go back to my little point here, if you'll hold on. Yeah, we are called sons of light, not merely because uh, we have received a revelation from God. That's not why we're sons of light, because we've received revelation from God, but because we've been born again. It's not like, yeah, we've been totally made new, born again. And because of the new birth, we have re received spiritual capacity. You know, you've you got a capability that maybe uh, you're not aware of. You have now spiritual capacity. Let's act on that spiritual capacity. Let us not buy into the lie that we have to follow ungodliness, no matter where we find it. God has not made us to tell. He made us the head. So, I would like to say in my, just in my, I'm going to close and Brother James is back with the team. But I would like for us as believers to really take our place. If we hear something that sounds good on television, you know, the new normal, let's don't start echoing it. Because the new normal was messed up too. And, I mean, and the old normal was messed up, and the new normal would be messed up as well, is what I'm saying. So I would like for all of us to yield ourselves to the Lord and get our information from Him, as did John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist came, he was a credible witness. He was a, a, a credible uh, person who testified uh, of, the, of, of the coming of Jesus, of who he was and what he has, has for everyone who trusts in him. So I would like for us to take our place, take our place among those who are sanctified by faith in Jesus Christ and be the church that Jesus Christ died for. I'll be back in a minute.